7. So go ahead and open up Proverbs 7. This text starts off with, My son, keep my words. And that's appropriate because I'm Phoebe's and Calvin's dad. So literally tonight, I am telling them to heed their father's words. <laughs> and if you're a family, if you're like my family, then you sit around and listen to the Bible, you read it, you pray, maybe you sing. And so show of hands, who does this at the dinner table at the end of the night before you get up and clean? I can shout, no, no shout, okay. Who does it, who does it at a breakfast table? Your time just around, bring breakfast. Don't we all do it at the breakfast? What about, um, what about at the couch before you go to bed, you're probably in your pajamas, somebody opens the word, read, pray, sing. Tonight, I want to come together as a family. Come around these words, come around what God has for us tonight. Let's look at Proverbs 7, and let's start reading with verse 1. My son, keep my words, and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live. Keep my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. We'll stop right there. Look at this. Look at how many times he says, keep and treasures. Keep my words. Treasure my commandments. Keep my commandments. Keep my teaching. Bind my teaching. Write my teaching. Do you think what he's about to say, he wants his kids to remember? Yes. Do you think it's important? Yeah. He even takes this little phrase. He says, keep it like the apple of your eye. Now, what is the apple of your eye? Somebody say it. What is it? It's the middle of your eyeball, which we call in science class, the pupil. Thank you very much. So everybody, take your finger and, and do this. Just start bringing your finger to your pupil. Now, don't flinch. Don't blink and try to touch your pupil. Can you do it? Can you do it? It's, it's hard, isn't it? Your brain says, that's the pupil of, that's the apple of my eye. Get away from it, right? Now take a beer. Now go to your neighbor. And now start sticking your finger in your neighbor's eye. <laughs> I, I bet you'll slap it away and say, get your finger out of my apple. Right? It, here's the point. Here's the point that God's making. That is a valuable part of your body. Seeing is important. It is tender. And you have to make sure you take care of it. So this dad is saying, listen, I'm about to tell you something very important that you need to guard and protect. Look at verse four. It says, say to wisdom, you are my sister and call insight your intimate friend to keep you. Okay. So he's saying, here we go. This is really important to keep you from. And what does your Bible say there? The forbidden woman. From the forbidden woman. From... Maybe some of your Bible say adulterous woman, a strange woman. Technically in the Hebrew, this is a foreign woman. This is somebody that is outside of the covenant of God. This is somebody that does not know God. They're pagan. They're a creed. Meaning that all that they can do is, is follow their own fleshly lusts. 
He says, stay away from this person. Stay away from them. You have insight on one arm and understanding on the other. And so when we're going as a, as a fun group of three people, because a cord of three is not easily broken. broken, it's good to have friends. It's good to have friends. And in this case, insight and wisdom are the friends. And they come up and they see the forbidden woman. And what do they do? Say, we're not going anywhere near that. And the three bind together and they walk away. But what if you don't walk away? What happens with, if you linger? What happens if you develop a relationship with this forbidden woman? What happens if you develop habits of frequenting this person? Tonight, that's what I want to look at, is the relationship between this young youth, this forbidden woman, and the consequences that come together if they have a relationship. Let's start with this simple-minded youth. Look at verse 6. Solomon says, For at the window of my house I have looked out through my lattice, and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths. Raise your hand if you're a youth. Very good. We're all here, so this is to us. A young man lacking sense passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house in the twilight, in the evening, at the time of night in darkness. Let's look at this simple-minded youth here. Let me start by telling you, I have a problem at my house. Um, we have chickmunks. And not just like one or two cute ones. I'm talking families and cousins and distant relative chickmunks that scurry all over my yard and up through my trees. If I put bird feed out, right? They climb up, find some way. We've tried everything. They get in the bird feed and they eat all the bird feed. They dig underneath my patio so all my you know, paver bricks fall in. They get into my gar garage and then they die. And then like in my vents, so then the stench of their death flows through my house. So... <laughs> I have tasked, I have three boys, I don't know if you know this, but I tasked my three boys, I said, kill them, get them. <laughs> Destroy the chickmunks. But unfortunately, I've only armed them with a BB gun, which isn't quite powerful enough. So they had to get creative. So you know what method they chose? After talking to, who was it, Cal, here? Who was it that gave you some insight into this? They talked to somebody and they said, you know what, you should use the bucket method. Yes, it's the best method. And so take a bucket, you fill it with water, you put a ramp on it, you sprinkle seed up the ramp, and then you sprinkle seed over the water so the chickmunk goes up and it eats and eats and eats. And it looks and it's like, oh, there's a whole bunch more food. And it dumps in. Well, what happens in that case is the chickmunk drowns. And as, as the chickmunk dies, my boys get to it the next day or maybe two, and these chickmunks are so greedy that they'll be like shoving sunflower seeds in their mouth and like, and they drown. And when my boys bring them out, it's like they still have it in their mouth and it's like all falls out. And then other times they forget to get them for a couple of days. And so they grab them by the tail, you know, cause it's like, ugh, chicken one. 
But unfortunately, because the skin has gotten so soft because of the water, the sin separates from the bone and it like just slides off. (laughs) One day I couldn't find my shovel. So I'm like, where's my shovel? So I start walking around my woods. Lo and behold, hey, there's my shovel. I pick it up. I'm like, oh my goodness. My boys had dug a hole to put the chipmunks in, but there they were like just a more chipmunks than you would ever want to see. All dead maggots crawling over. I'm like, boys, come on. You've got to put dirt back on top of them. Those chipmunks were taking what was not rightfully theirs, and you know what? They got what they paid for. They got the fruit of their labor. And a simple-minded man, a simple-minded youth, is just like those chipmunks. Only cares about getting what they want to get, not thinking about the consequences, and ultimately falling into the bucket of destruction and rotting. You do not want to be a simple-minded youth. They don't think about the future. They only seek for pleasant, present pleasure. They lack self-control. They lack prudence. And as we learned from JT last week, they lack the fear of God. God's not really watching or he doesn't really care. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Look at verse 7. He says, I perceived among the youths someone who was lacking sense, a young person lacking sense. And they're kind of like saying, hey, look, there's quicksand. Let's go for a swim. Or have you ever done this? Have you ever, who's ever burned a fire, uh, a stick in the fire? And you pull and you pull the stick out, right? It's like, ooh, that's pretty, like you write stuff sometimes. And, smoke. and you know, but if you're not lacking sense, you're like, ooh, that's pretty. Like, grab it, you know. <laughs> It'll burn you. A youth lacking sense is like the obese kid who's got diabetes and he's fitting the tenth Oreo cookie in his mouth. He's like, oh, oh. he's like, I know it's gonna hurt me, but I don't care. It's what tastes good, you know. It's just lacking sense. It's only doing what is good for you in the moment, not thinking prudently about the future. They're titmumps. <laughs> drowning in the consequences of their decisions because they lack prudence and self-control. So what does he do? Well, he passes along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. And then look at this. He uses four words for darkness, just bang, 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 in the twilight, evening, time of night, darkness. Mm. Why? Why is this guy going to see this woman while it's dark? Talk to me. Why is he going while it's dark? Because he's hidden. Nobody sees him. Because why? He's hidden. He's hidden. Because what he's doing, he knows is wrong. He knows he shouldn't be going by there, so he's going by why it's dark. Secrecy. Your sin in secrecy will draw you into a room and slam the door behind you. Mm. And it is confession that is the key to unlock that door and get you out. That is the first person, the simple-minded youth. 
I'll think about anything except what he can get. Now let's turn to this immoral woman. Look at verse 10. And behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute, while of heart. She is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now on the street, now on the market, now at every corner, she lies in wait. She seizes him and kisses him. With a bold face, she says to him, I have to offer sacrifices, and today I've paid my vows. So now I have come out to meet you, to seek you eagerly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, colored linings from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love till the morning. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He's gone away on a long journey. He's taken a bag of money with him. And at full moon, he'll come home. There's a lot we could say about this woman, but I want to zero in on four character traits about this woman. So guys, you won't be tricked by her, and girls, you won't become her. First, look how she dresses. Behold, the woman meets him dressed as a prostitute. Now, how you, say, how you dress says a lot about your heart. How you dress says a lot about what you want people to think of you or how you want people to respond to you. The girl in this text is dressed immodestly. Simply means she's showing skin, she's accentuating her curves, She's wearing loud makeup. Why? Who's, who is she hoping will notice? Who does the girl want to notice her? The guys. Yeah, the simple-minded guys, <laughs> right? <laughs> and what, is the, what does the Bible say? And remember, this is, this is an unsafe person. What does the Bible, to a Christian woman who fears and wants to honor the Lord, what does he say clothe yourself in? Clothe yourself in righteousness. Righteousness, humility, gentle and quiet spirit. And listen, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less often. It's not thinking of yourself less. It's not that when you get dressed, you're like, I'm going to use my dad's old college t-shirt and this pair of pajama pants that I haven't watched all year yet I don't think but they're pajama pants so they don't really get dirty right and so I'm just gonna wear this and go out right because I don't care because I don't think that much of myself that's that's not humility it's not thinking of your less of yourself it's thinking of your it's thinking of yourself less often as you're getting ready for the day your thoughts aren't consumed with other people are gonna think about you you might actually be thinking, you know what? I don't want to be a distraction. I don't want attention. I'm going to tone this down a little bit. Maybe I'll go ask my dad, hey, dad, do you think this is appropriate? If my dad fears the Lord. But ultimately, what is the standard is what God has told us and his word. He says in 1 Timothy 2.9, I'll just read this to you. Likewise, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty, self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness 
with good works. Now, how much does it say about actual clothing? Not much, right? It's a lot more about the heart. It's about the mindset, the attitude. And the little note here about braided hair, I was talking to a couple girls that had some braids in their hair. I was like, oh, that's fun. You know, that's not what we're talking about. What girls would do in this day is they take jewels and they would take all kinds of stuff and they'd braid their hair with all these like diamonds and rubies and like it was elaborate, right? And it all show up. And it wasn't just like this. It was more like the the beehive thing, you know? And so it was like, how tall, how big, and how shiny could you make your hair, right? <laughs> it's about bringing attention to yourself. So try this one for size. As you're getting ready, maybe try praying through that process. And God, I want to honor you today. God, open doors for me to share the gospel. God, let me not be a stumbling block to my brothers. God, let me die to myself and the desire to have attention. Are you looking to show off the outline of your body rather than showing off the humility and the glory of God? That's really what's at the heart of the matter. That's the first character trait of this woman. The first character trait is that she dresses like a prostitute. The second character trait about this woman is that, look at verse 11. She is loud and wayward. And look at look at where she's at. It says that her feet do not stay at home. Now in the street, now in the market, every corner lies in wait. She's putting herself out there to get attention. Now, we don't really have markets or people on street corners today, right? We don't have women really doing this. What do we have? Girls, if you want to get noticed, what is your street corner? Social media, right? I don't even know what the right social media things are. I'm sure it's still Instagram, maybe some TikTok, YouTube, I think is still around, right? But I'm sure there's other ones out there, but it's all those, it's, it's all the places that you go to get what? Likes and followers. And the more of that you have, then the more important you are. And the more satisfied you are because now you're important to the world and it's a big lie and it's a bunch of garbage. But she's putting herself out there to get attention. She's selling herself for attention and affection because, and girls, you gotta be careful of this, easy for that to become your God. It's easy for that to be what gives you satisfaction and pleasure in this life and a sense of belonging. But ultimately, that is something that God can only truly fulfill and you get that here, serving him with his people. So she is dressing like a prostitute. She's loud and wayward. And number three, she's sensual. Look at this, verse 13 says she seizes him and kisses him and with a bold face she says to him and she goes in through all these things that um, verse 16 she spread her couch with coverings with these colored linens from Egyptian she's perfumed her, her bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon see she take our fill of love delight ourselves in love see it's, it's all about what looks good what smells good what feels good now, guys, at this point, you should, if you're ever interacting with a girl like this, at this far, you should have a pretty good idea that this girl's no good and you should stay away from her. Um, but 
there is Proverbs 11:22 to consider, which says, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman that shows no discretion. She's beautiful, but she's got a gold snout in. And guys, I bet some of y'all, if you're simple-minded, would let the would let the pig kiss you, and you'd be like, like, what are you doing? Like, well, she, uh, she had lipstick on. Yeah, I, you know, she's pretty. And guys, don't fall for it. It's a it's a gold ring and a big snout. It's lipstick on a pig. That is a woman who is beautiful but doesn't have any godly character, humility, and righteousness, and modesty. So, she dresses like a prostitute. She's loud and wayward. She is sensual and lacks discretion. Lastly, she does not fear God. Verses 19 and 20 says, For my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey. He's taken a bag of money with him. He'll come home later. This girl likely was going around her dad's back when she was a little girl, and she was a youth, and now she's going around her husband's back. She does not fear God. She is not seeking to please him. In her world, it is all about what she can get and how much pleasure she can get out of life. Listen, and if this is you and you find yourself like, man, that is where my heart is, then come to Christ. Come to Christ. Lay your burdens down before him. Let him right. wash you and cleanse you and give you a new purpose, a new focus that is so much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. than the lies that this world and the prince of this world has the web that he has spun for you. Get out of the web and let Christ set you free. Right. Well, we've looked at this simple-minded youth. We've looked at the immoral woman. And now we want to see if they get together what becomes of their relationship. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you, man, he is like, you know what napalm's made out of? You know what napalm is, right? It's made out of a, a sticky, like, gelatin substance, and it's made out of petrol, or some type of fuel, combustible fuel, mo- mostly petrol. And when you put those two together and you light it on fire, then it just becomes this, like, huge blowtorch of fire incinerating everything that it gets around, right? And because it's got a gelatin sticky substance, if it gets on this tree, even the tree doesn't want to burn, it stays there long enough to burn it and just burns everything in its path. That's what it's like if these two get together, a simple-minded person and an immoral woman. Boom, it's just burning up. But look at what the the text says. It says, with much seductive speech, she persuades him. With her smooth talk, she compels him. All at once, he follows her. As an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a stag is caught fast, till an arrow pierces its liver, as a bird rushes to the snare, he does not know it will cost him his life. Mm a life or death situation then you are at war with this i don't know if you know that do you know what mad cow's disease is this is it makes cows just go crazy certain proteins and stuff that breaks down the the cow and the brain begins to shrink actually right humans can get this you know how you get it you eat what a mad cow (laughs) you know and so it's like you know you got to be careful with the different places that you get food. Because sometimes if the place is not you know, kosher, they don't have a A rating, maybe they're a C rating or a D rating, you know, then you go and you, you open up your, your burger and you hope, you hope that this cow wasn't, didn't have mad cow's disease, right? 
because it did. If this, if this cow had bad cow's disease, and I'm simple-minded youth, and I really like hamburgers, do I care? I know this burger has mad cow's disease in it. I do. I know that. This is the immoral woman. This is, she's obviously bad for me. Very bad for me. But I'm a simple-minded youth. So what am I going to do? Mm. 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 Oh. Mm. I love burgers. I think I ruined this mic. Mm. This is so good. It's so good. Oh, mm. You know, my cow's disease tastes pretty good. It's not bad. I'm not bad. But it shrinks your brain. And since I'm a simple-minded person, I've already got a small brain. I don't got a lot of brain cells to... I can't stop eating it. It just tastes so good. Give some to the chipmunks. Oh, man. I know this is killing me. I know it's got Mac Halsey's look. I'm, I'm like... Is that from me or the hamburger? I don't know. God, take this away from me. I don't want it anymore. God, take it away. I don't want to be eating this, right? I don't want to be doing this right now, but I can't. That was a pickle bite. You got to get all the pickle, you know? Man. So what do we do? I've started this. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm starting a relationship, a loving, romantic relationship with this mad cow hamburger. How do I get God's not taking it away. I've asked him, God, please take this away. How do I get rid of it? How do I get this out of my life? What do I do? Guys, get rid. <laughs> Oh, the Mac Cow's disease ever. If you don't want it in your life, then cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, then take your finger to the apple of your eye and grip it out. That's what the Bible says. It's that serious. We're at war with a terrible, terrible enemy who is wise and cunning and he will deceive you. And as an ox goes to the slaughter, doesn't even know what's happening, will ultimately die. In the conclusion, I don't know what I look like now. I can, uh, um, in conclusion, look at verse 24. And now, O oh sons, listen to me. <laughs> I just can't do it, huh? I didn't bring napkins up here. Now, sons, listen to me. Be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not the heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she has laid low. All of her slain are mighty men. These are strong men. Think of Samson. Foreign women or an Israelite? Foreign women. They were beautiful. I want them. David fell. Solomon ultimately fell. 
All her slain are mighty men. Her house is the way of the grave. Her house is the way of hell, going down to the chambers of death. She's looking to take you down too. She's on the corner, on the streets, hoping that you'll sneak around at night and engage in a conversation with her. Hmm. You need to get these areas into the light. Let your parents or your small group leader have full access to everything on your phone or any other device where she is. You got to get it out in the light. Whatever tem- where, wherever temptation finds you, you got to cut it off, gouge it out. Are you going to take the path to her house? Are you going to use these methods to gain attention? Are you going to walk the plank, eating sunflower seeds as you go with no self-control, pursuing your own pleasure and passions because ruin and death await you as you fall into a bucket of death? Let me end with this text. Just listen. You don't have to turn there. Or you can write it down for later reference. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. That you abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. The will of God is that you walk with him. Trust him. Give your life to him for his purposes. Jesus will help you defeat this enemy. Trust in him. Seek his good pleasure. I pray that you'll do that today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your word that is so vivid, it's so clear. Lord, now give us the strength, the prudence, the self-control to do what is right. To stay away from this woman, to put, Lord, wisdom on one hand, on one arm, and insight on the other arm. Let these be our friends. Lord, that we'll go forward with prudence, self-control, so that you will be honored. God, we want to please you in this life. We don't want to live for ourselves. We know the destruction, the pain that that brings. Lord, we don't want to get trapped We don't want to be simple-minded, eating sunflower seeds to our death. Lord, I pray for these youth that, Holy Spirit, you would work in their hearts. May you enrich this time with their small groups, Lord, that may they go home to their parents and have great conversations. May tonight be the night of freedom. Mm -hmm. In your name we pray. Amen.